In this episode of the All Around Joe podcast, I'm going to be talking about how I got myself into stage three adrenal fatigue, all of the craziest things that I've done, going over the test that I got back on my adrenal stress profile so that you can understand what that's all about, and then giving you some tips on how to get out of adrenal fatigue, which I've been doing successfully. Anybody who is working out hard should listen to this podcast. You are not able to somehow miraculously avoid getting into adrenal fatigue if you're training super hard. Or I should say you're not able to avoid listening to your body if you're training super hard. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. All right, guys. Like you heard in the intro, this is all about adrenal fatigue, but do not be frightened or do not misunderstand, I should say. Adrenal fatigue is essentially overtraining. We all go in and out of this adrenal fatigue state if we're training hard. I just happened to get myself into it for a long time and press the buttons of it until my adrenals really started shutting down. And what does that even mean? Before I jump right into that, I want you to guys to know that you can find the show notes for everything that I talk about here at allaroundjoe.com slash 35. That will get you all the links that I talk about all of the written content that has to go with this blog post and everything that you need. One more shout out. I want to give a big props to the Spartan race creator, Joe DeSina and his new podcast. If you guys have not read his book, Spartan up, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a kick in the butt. Get yourself motivated and moving, whether you are a fitness athlete, an entrepreneur, Um, or just in a really fast-moving lifestyle and want that motivation to keep moving forward, to keep you motivated, check it out. Check out Spartan Up the Book and check out the Joe DeSena podcast. Great, great stuff. First thing I want to talk about is this adrenal fatigue and what that even looks like for me. I'm going to go ahead and post my whole test that I got back for my functional adrenal stress profile on this blog post at allaroundjoe.com slash 35. So you can go and take a look at what I'm actually talking about here. What I found was that my morning cortisol levels were low, actually pretty darn low. The reference range is 13 to 24 and mine were 9.1 in the morning. Then in the afternoon, the reference range is 5 to 8 and mine were 2.2, also very low. Then in the late afternoon, it's the reference range is 4 to 7 and mine were 1.6, so still super low. And at nighttime when they are supposed to be the lowest, the reference range is 1 to 3 and mine were 0.3. So very low on the extreme low side, which is not where I want to be. But uh, the interesting thing, or I guess strange as well, is that my DHEA 
which has a reference range of 2 to 10, was 15.87, so that's good. As far as the readings go, my goal is to get all these numbers to the high ranges, so they are the most potent. Also, I get a reading for my testosterone here, and my testosterone was actually not too bad. It was, the reference range is 40 to 130, and mine was 87.1. So I'd like to get that up towards the 130 range so that I can be really having the high anabolic hormone feeling, but it wasn't terrible. And I'm told that as I get out of this adrenal fatigue condition, it will probably go up some. So like I said, I'll post this whole profile on the blog so you can take a a look a gander at it. There's a little graph on there so you can see what the averages are and where I'm at, which is not pretty, but you can get an idea for what that is. Now, how I got myself into adrenal fatigue. I've done some pretty crazy things over the years, all starting back when I was first in college. And I'm going to just quickly go through the types of stuff that I've done year by year. And so you can see how I got myself to this state. It's not necessarily that doing all this stuff was a bad idea. It was more that I didn't take the time to recover or even have the tools, which I'll share with you now, that I could have used then to keep myself in a healthy hormonal state. So way back in the college days, I actually was training two-a-days with the college baseball team where we would get up real early in the morning, do a weight workout, and then we'd have a conditioning session later on. But I decided that wasn't enough. So I would add two weight training sessions. So I would do a weight training in early morning, then in the afternoon, and then do the baseball conditioning later on. That happened for, went on for about a year. Then I got heavily into bodybuilding, which wasn't too hard on my body unless I was training for a photo shoot or a cutting cycle. What, what does that look like? So you would start, let's say that you were bodybuilding, you would get as big as you possibly could, eat a whole bunch of food, lift really heavy weights, rest a lot, sleep a lot, then you would go and try and burn off all the body fat for your body to show off the muscle that you put on. That's usually a three to four month time span where you would start doing at least two a days to start off with. So you would start off going to the gym, working out for an hour with weights, and then coming back later on at night and working out for starting off at like 20 to 30 minutes doing cardio, but as the as your body gets more adapted to the training, you have to add some sort of difference. And usually that volume would get up to the point where you were doing an hour of weight training, or actually take that back. I would get up in the morning, do a, a run for five miles, so a little under an hour of cardio. Then I would go to the gym in the afternoon work out with weights heavy for an hour. Then I would go back at night to the gym and do another hour of cardio. So very taxing on the body. The good thing about that was that at that time, as soon as you were done cutting, then you started to bulk again and your body would have a lot of rest in order to just recuperate that nervous system. 
unlike what I have to follow. So I did that bodybuilding cycle for about four or five years, going on and off, usually three to six months gaining and then three to four months cutting down. And it was interesting. It was cool. It was fun. Um, But I also didn't get a lot of good education through that time, even though I was going to school for um, exercise science, I didn't get a lot of good education on nutrition. They just didn't teach the, the universities, didn't teach very good nutritional practices back then. They just, I don't know if they were bought by big business or what, but they had really bad practice as far as teaching what we should be eating, which is sad because now there's a whole bunch of people who are educated to teach people what they shouldn't be eating. And what I mean by that is like high, high carbohydrate slash sugar diets that really actually kill people. So that wasn't great that I was eating like that, but I was exercising enough that it probably didn't have too much of an effect. The only thing I would have rather done is added a lot more fat to my diet, which I think would have been very healthy. Then, like I said, after about four or five years and getting tired of the bodybuilding scene because I realized that a lot of them started taking steroids and that wasn't something that I wanted to do. I started getting into running. It was something that was pretty easy for me, especially people don't realize this, but it transferred pretty well from bodybuilding to long distance running because we do so much cardio. So when I decided to take up racing and got as far as the marathon distance, I did the New York City Marathon as my first marathon it went okay, didn't run it too fast, you know, for a little over four hours. But the interesting thing is when I got done, I wasn't finished. And there was, if you've ever been in New York City Marathon, when you finish the marathon, it's just like a cluster of people and you can't get out of there. So I was trying to get back to my apartment because I lived in New York City at the time, which was a few miles away. And rather than just standing around there, I decided, well, shoot, I've got my gear on. I'll just run home. So after doing the 26.2 miles for the marathon, I just ran home to my apartment. And I started thinking about it while I was in my recovery process that, wow, that was pretty interesting that I was able to continue going. And maybe I should be looking into doing that more and more. What I found was these off-road races so like through trails and they went up to 50 miles at least the ones that I found that were near me so I started playing with that and in 2008 was when I ran that marathon and in 2009 I decided to do an ultra marathon which is a 50k or 31 ish mile race through the woods so I went for that it was cool had fun with it, and I actually did my first triathlon in 2009 as well. So wasn't picking up too much as far as breaking my body down, but these long races did a good number. You needed at least a week, if not longer, recovery. And sometimes I didn't take that. <laughs> I wanted to get back to my weight training. When I loved the running, but I didn't like how it really broke down my body. I like to be uh, lean and semi, you know, big, if you will, uh, muscular. So I had trouble with with that, and I would always try and get myself as, as strong and big as possible while I was doing it and immediately afterwards. So then after those that first ultramarathon and triathlon in 2009, in 2010, I started to pick it up a little bit. So I did my second 50K ultramarathon, 
and I started CrossFit in 2009. So I started doing these Metcons, training a little bit more intense, started seeing results from that and really loving it. I mean, if you've ever done CrossFit, you know the results come really quickly if you're eating right. Get really lean, really strong. Your body just maintains a more muscular physique and ability when you're doing the CrossFit workouts. So I, like I said, started in in May of 2010. I did the ultra marathon, 50k. Then I started CrossFit. Then in June I did my first 50 mile ultra marathon. So I ran for 50 miles at a this through the trails or woods of Washington D.C. That was in June, and then in July, I did a Pikes Peak Marathon. So if you've ever heard of Pikes Peaks, 14,000 feet over in Colorado, and my brother and I decided to do it without training for it. We were just doing a road trip, and we saw that it was cool. It was a nice sunny day. So we did our best to run up it. You know, if you've ever been at 14,000 feet, it's not really much running going on up there. Um, At least the last few miles, you can hardly walk if you're not conditioned for that elevation like we weren't. So we struggled through that first half of it, and then we turned around and ran our way back down just for fun. It was a great adventure, but like I said, in June I did a 50 or I should say, in May I did a 50K Ultra, in June I did a 50-mile Ultra, in July I did a Pikes Peak Marathon, which is 14,000 feet. Then in July, just following that, I did my first Olympic distance triathlon, which was pretty fun. Then I took a little bit of time off, but decided to get crazy again and run around Lake Washington, which is 54 miles, and I did that really without any training. I was definitely in good shape, crossfitting a lot, running a few times a week, but never running long or even that hard for that matter. And I went out and just impromptu did 54 mile run around Lake Washington. It was painful to say the least, but put it together, did it. After that, in the end of 2010, I started training CrossFit pretty intensely, having fun with that. In 2011, in May, I came back and did the my second 50 mile ultra marathon or i guess it was my third if you consider run around lake washington so that one was back out in new york through the hills of bear mountain pretty cool place that was in may then in july i did my first half ironman triathlon over back in the west coast in lake chelan that was fun i remember it starting to feel uh like my body was breaking down at that point though um so the 50-mile ultramarathon through Bear Mountain, I was set up to run really hard, and I felt great, except I had a little injury during the race, which maybe was the very first sign. But I felt good. I was actually poised to do really well in that race, and the injury knocked me down, knocked me out, but I still finished it. Then in the with this half Ironman, my body really started to feel not so good. I felt like I couldn't push it when I was in the race. Didn't get this move as fast as I wanted to. Should have started thinking about that, especially because at that time I was training for my first full Ironman, which came up in August. So I did the Canada Ironman in Penticton in August, and I must have had a little bit more time to recuperate there because that Ironman actually went really well. I ended up having to walk for a good portion, a few miles of the 
run an event on the full Ironman because of stomach cramps. But my body felt good. If I wouldn't have gotten those stomach cramps, I would have actually far surpassed my goal time. So somehow my body came back for that race. Maybe it was just the day. Who knows how it goes, but I felt pretty good. Unfortunately, I had another Ironman planned for a few months months later in November of 2011 down in Cozumel. And that one didn't go so well. I could tell when I was doing my taper for this Cozumel Ironman around the resort, just riding my bike, running, doing little things in the heat to feel, see what it felt like. My body just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like I had much energy. I could tell that there was almost like a little bit of, I don't know, red line. It's like if your car is running a little bit hot all the time. That's what my body felt like. It didn't have go button. It just didn't feel quite right. But I signed up for the event. I was already in, you know, down in Cozumel, so I was going to go through with it. Swim went okay. It was pretty good, felt relaxing. Then I got on the bike, and this is where it really started to get bad. I was actually riding my bike in Cozumel Ironman, and I felt like I was going to fall asleep. Literally, I would be tucked down on my aero bars, pushing hard, and I wanted to fall asleep. I literally was fighting with my own self to not stop and take a quick nap on the side of the road. That's what was going on. So I would go up and down out of my saddle or seat in order to keep myself awake. And finally it started to it started working and I was okay and then I remember it started raining and the rain helped me keep stay awake as well. Finished that bike event other than falling on of all sleep it went okay then started the run and the run was awful as well. My body just wanted to shut down, but it was much harder to try and fall asleep when you were on the run. So I ended up finishing it, but it should have been a really clear indication that I needed to get my body checked out, make sure that everything was working all right. But no, in 2012, I wanted to charge into the CrossFit Open, and I did so, had a good time with it, really, really sprouted my my really competitive love for CrossFit at that point. I went and trained with at CrossFit Invictus and started doing their competition programming, which is awesome, although it really pounds your body. And if you're not ready for it, which maybe if you were just a regular athlete, you'd be fine. But I was really crushing my body, as you know, for the last couple of years. And then going into really, really, two hour, really hard two-hour-a-day weight training sessions was tough on the body, to say the least. I also continued to do a couple endurance events, so I got into CrossFit really heavily, but I still did an Olympic triathlon in 2012. But I mostly was training super hard, like I said, two plus hours a day for this CrossFit. I remember that there were days where we would be back squatting and my quads hurt so bad that I I needed to warm up for like a half hour to get them moving. And then at any other time, if I was sitting in a car, I couldn't sustain the sitting position for more than 30 minutes because my quads would cramp up. So I'd literally have to stop the car and get out and walk around. Yeah, so <laughs> I should have thought of those things as signs to take a little bit of time off. But at the same time, I was getting such good results. I was PRing my lifts almost every week and things just 
you know, mentally felt great. It was just physically I wasn't listening to the signs. Then I decided in 2013, while I was training super hard, to go ahead and challenge myself a little bit more. So a few of us got together and did a 93-mile hike slash run around Mount Rainier in Washington State called the Wonderland Trail. And it wouldn't have been such a big deal, but we decided to do it in three days. So that's, you know, an average of over 30 miles a day for three days. And that really, really beat up my body. It it wasn't a good thing. I remember it took about a week for the swelling in my lower legs to go down. And things just didn't quite feel right. I remember starting CrossFit up again about a week later. Maybe I might have even taken a week and a half off after that. But the Olympic lifts went okay, but my leg strength was completely zapped. Just didn't feel right. And I just kept on pushing because I knew that I wanted to do well in the CrossFit Open. So I pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. Didn't listen to my body at all. Just did as much mobility as I possibly could to keep the thing working. And surprisingly, it worked pretty well. But... Like I said, I am in stage three adrenal fatigue. So what that means is that I had to go through stage one and stage two to get to stage three. So essentially I was overtrained. Then my body got to the point where it was in rev mode all the time. So my cortisol was high all the time and my adrenal glands were overproducing it, overproducing it, overproducing it. And I stayed there for so long. And that's probably that hot red line feeling that I felt for a while. And I stayed there for so long that my adrenal glands got fatigued to the point where they were not going to produce cortisol very much anymore, so they essentially shut down. So it it literally takes years, in most cases, to get to where I'm at. And that's essentially what happened. I was just continuing to push in my body. I, I remember getting home after CrossFit workouts and sitting on the couch and just feeling like my body was vibrating. Like it never wanted to or was able to really relax and and enjoy itself or <laughs> recover for that matter. I totally remember that. And then we got into 2014 and the CrossFit Open, and we actually did pretty good, made it to CrossFit regionals as a team that year or last year. And I remember my body starting to go into the shutdown mode during that regional event where we had an unfortunate break-in at our house and that jacked up the stress levels, but then going into, and that was right during the CrossFit Regionals, so no sleep, stressed out, working out. I remember doing this thruster workout, and I was having to will my body to continue moving, even though what should have been a weight I was very able to handle. I just could not hardly function, but I pushed through it, pushed through it, pushed through it. Then over you know, we did pretty good in the regionals, got eighth, which, man, I wish I could go back and do that at 100% and see how well, if that would have helped us at all. But now that's what I'm trying to do is get myself back into recovered, feeling 100%. I don't even know what 100% feels like. I mean, obviously, as you can tell, I remember being 100% before my, my second or last or third, depending on how you look at it, ultra 50 mile ultra marathon. But and that was a few years ago, so I don't rem- really know what 100% feels like since then. And hopefully I can get myself back there and then continue attacking CrossFit workouts. But after the 
regional event in 2014 in the fall, I started feeling it again where I just wanted to fall asleep during my workouts. So my body was literally not producing the cortisol I needed. I was just shutting down. I would be doing a workout and just could not, could not get my body to essentially enter this go mode that I was used to. And I fought with this for a while and finally found some literature and podcasts on how to deal with it. So what I found is, number one, and the most important thing that I think that everybody should be working with is a Sweet Beat Life app or an HRV tracking app so you can track your heart rate variability. Heart rate variability is a really interesting thing and a good way to monitor how your body is doing. It essentially tracks the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems of your body. So sympathetic meaning fight or flight and parasympathetic meaning rest and recovery. And they work together in order to create this heart rate variability number. So if your heart rate's going to jack up, it's your sympathetic nervous system doing that and it's going to come down to your parasympathetic nervous system taking care of that. And you want these to be in a good balance at all times. Being able to track this with an easy app on your iPhone or Android phone as with a heart rate monitor, is super beneficial. So you can literally tell, and I'm sure that I could have taken even just a few days off from time to time, and it would have put my body in a completely different state. So I'm the type of person when I get up in the morning and I know that I have a tough workout, even though I might feel totally slaughtered from the days before, I don't want to lose that day of training. Which I kind of, you know, it's totally a personality thing, but it would be nice if some of these coaches would would let people know, would talk about, you know what, it's okay to take days off. And in fact, when you're taking those days off, you probably will be recovering and coming back stronger for the next day. Rather than having them make you feel like you shouldn't take the days off and you need to get the training in. But having this HRV app, like I said, I use the Sweet Beat Life app, and I'll put it in the show notes over at allaroundjoe.com slash 35 you can go ahead and go there and pick it up it's just a $10 app and then you need like a $35 to $50 heart rate monitor but it's totally worth it I highly recommend it you can look at all these very interesting numbers about how your body's recovering and do things in order to get yourself back in to go mode or recover faster and never have to take a serious amount of time off like I did but after I found those, that app, then I realized that I was really in a fatigue state and I started looking into how I could get tested and found that it was not all that common. So guys, I want you to really listen to this. This is not all that uncommon to find yourself in adrenal fatigue. It happens to top athletes all the time. In fact, I will be really surprised with the craze of CrossFit if even these top CrossFitters don't start you know, falling down at certain times. And if you watch them, you can see like maybe an athlete did really good one year, then the next year they just look terrible. It could be that they are in, uh, I'd actually almost guarantee they're in this adrenal fatigue state and they're able to keep pushing through it, but they didn't know how to track their body and how to recover properly. So you can do that with the HRV app. You can also, and I do recommend it if you have some funds, go and get yourself tested. I use a company called Nourish Balance Thrive and what they do is they'll test your body for, number one, if your body is out of balance. So if there's a hormone imbalance, number two, if you need specific nutrients and things for your body so that it will run well. And think about it this way, guys. I don't think that I've ever actually had the ideal things for what my body is needed. And it's not that people actually get older and are aging and functioning less 
for the most part, but they've gone over this so many years with, with having these deficiencies and it just eventually wears you down. So you can find out exactly what you need, which hopefully this becomes more and more of a mainstream and people start doing this earlier and earlier so that their bodies can be healthier and healthier. Because I'm the type of person that would eat right, would sleep a lot, was thought I was doing everything that I could in order to recover faster, with the exception of not working out as much. You know, but I wasn't. I'm I was definitely missing certain things. So nourish balance thrive com great company to go through it's a really cool process you don't have to it's not invasive at all you just have to take some some samples send them to the lab they go over them with you and put together a recovery plan or you know whether or not it you don't necessarily have to be in adrenal fatigue per se but you could go and get yourself tested and make sure that you're getting all the things that you need to so you don't get yourself into adrenal fatigue so i highly recommend checking that out then last but not least the just education you know keep yourself listening to things and people that will be releasing things like myself like ben greenfield who will help you to stay atop of this recovery and what our bodies actually need so to recap you know i totally slammed myself put myself in this position um, and I don't want you to do that. So I highly recommend you start testing your HRV with the Sweet Beat Life app or another HRV app. I highly recommend if you have the funds to get yourself, go ahead and go through testing. Think of it as like an oil change. I know people that do this test actually once a year. Go through, make sure your body is functioning right, make sure that you're getting all the nutrients that you need and then train hard. Train hard, but listen to your body. Train hard, but listen to your body. So I'll put all this information over in the show notes. You can go and read exactly what those events were that I did. It's pretty interesting to look at. And if you have ever, ever have any questions, you can always contact me at joe at allaroundjoe.com. I love hearing from you guys, answering those questions. And last but not least, if you like this podcast, please head over to iTunes. Give me a five-star review if you like it. It really helps me to reach more people, and I really am here to help and reach everyone that I can. So thanks for listening. This is the All Around Joe podcast where we believe that personal fitness is a key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. I'll see you on the next podcast.